You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! going on guys welcome to another episode of peer pleasure with dewey halpus on equal vision records and sound talent media i am dewey your host with the most bringing you more great content week after week this week we have anna hayes from the band vagrants and this band is incredible uh, i saw her drum playthrough videos that's what first got me wanting to talk to her because she is a just a beast on the drums and the band is great and she's great. So what the hell? Let's do an episode. So we did this episode a while back. Um, I'm trying to go through and get all the episodes we've already done out. So we are doing two episodes this week. This will be the second one. We had Nate Newton from Converge on on Tuesday, and this one's on Thursday. So big thanks to Anna for coming on. You guys need to go check out Vagrants. They're incredible. Um, just a super... Um, yeah, super great band. I've, I've really enjoyed their music. They've got uh, a bunch of stuff in the works coming up. And uh, yeah, they're on EVR, uh, Equal Vision Records, same as the podcast. So uh, yeah, we got that all set up fairly easily and it was a good chat. So I, I'm stoked to bring it to you guys. Um, we've got a lot of big stuff coming up. And yeah, it's been just a really cool month or two since we've been doing this partnership. And I think things are going really well. So let's get some business out of the way real quick, and we'll jump into things. So uh, peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website. Peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email. So if you want to tell someone about the show, you want to show them 
what you've been listening to and enjoying, you can take them over to purepleasurepodcast.com. It has everything. It's got the multiplayer for all of the episodes. It's got the merchandise section. It's got all the press contact stuff. Everything, anything you need to get to me uh, or anyone on the team is on the website. So definitely go check that out and uh, grab yourself one of those new shirts while you can. Um, They've printed and will be shipping out shortly. I know some people have already got them. But I think the main orders will will actually go out very soon. Anyways, so uh, yeah, dude, thank you for coming back week after week, you guys. It really means a lot, you know, watching this show grow and and all that. So uh, big thanks to you. Go ahead and head over and review the show as well if you can on Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Definitely go over and get that uh, get that done. It helps us out big time, and as the show grows. Definitely helps us with chart position and everything else. So really, really appreciate it. Uh, so Vagrants, yes. Anna Hayes has a uh, YouTube channel. It's Anastasia Hayes. Uh, you can see her drum play through videos and see what I'm talking about. But uh, man, she beats the hell out of the drums. And I, I love watching drum play through videos because I can't play drums. I think that's why I'm so fascinated by it. Uh, because it's something I can't do, and I would love to be able to do that. I have a drum set in the basement in my practice space, but uh, I have yet to really use it. It's more for the kids until I can get off my ass and have things slow down a bit, maybe, where I'm not working full-time and doing a podcast and have a family and everything else. So anyways, uh, I'm rambling again, but man, let's get into this episode. Um, At the end of the episode, I am going to put... Uh, a little feature for a new documentary called Beyond Barricades. It's the story of Annie Flagg. And if you guys have been listening to the show for a while, you know uh, Justin and Chris, too, are friends of the show. And uh, John Nix, who is working on the Justin Pearson documentary, as well as the one who made this movie about Annie Flagg, Beyond Barricades. Uh, I called both of them, uh, Justin and uh, or Justin Sane and John Nix, and had them both talk about the documentary for a little bit. So at the end of the episode, after the uh, interview with uh, Anna, stick around and listen to that uh, little feature I'm doing for Beyond Barricades. If you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. I have watched it twice. It's an incredibly done documentary, and those guys are are just uh, amazing. Their story's great, and what a better time for, I mean, uh, an anti-flag story. So... Anyways, so when you're done with the episode, if you want to check that out, stick around to the end, and I'll have it after the interview. All right, guys, without further ado, let's get into my conversation with the incredible Anna Hayes of Vagrants.
Hey, how's it going, man? Hey, Anna, how are you? Good, good. So it is 4.30 in my time zone, and I should have mentioned that. Um, so I'm almost Alabama. Oh, wait a second. So you're not on East Coast time. Right, we're Central. Oh, my God. How did I mix that up? No, no. Super easy mistake because uh, we're just not even – we're so far from, like, Orlando and Tampa <laughs> and all that. You're over on that little, like, scoop. Right? Yes, yeah, we're in the scoop. You're in the scoop. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe – I and I've been there. I've been – Oh my God! You've been to Pensacola. I've been. I was a touring sure musician for vinyl. twelve years, and so we were touring everywhere. Like we used to drive from Texas to Florida straight. We didn't right. play any shows, which I guess maybe that still happens. I don't know why, but uh, yeah, I've we've we've not played there, but we've driven through it. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay. But yeah, we've. Man, where would we play in Florida? We played uh, Orlando, Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we broke up pretty much in Miami, and then <laughs> I don't know. It's just it. Uh, yeah, I'm. I, have you lived in Florida your whole life? Yeah, pretty much. I'm. I was born in Nashville, but I moved here and I was like three or four or something. So that doesn't really count. But yeah, I've yeah. always been a Pensacola girl. Do you like Florida? I love Pensacola. Um, okay. The more like south you get, the less I I love it, I guess. But the beach is great. Yeah, yeah. Florida is always interesting for us because I, I, I don't like the heat. I don't like the humidity. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the weirdest thing to me the first time we played down there was all the nets around people's backyards from the alligators. Oh, like in it had to be Orlando. I think our bass player's uncle lives down there and made this big barbecue meal for us and we were all stoked because he's like this championship barbecue griller dude and and he's like i've been i've had ribs on the grill since yesterday or whatever it's like what? <laughs> like uh but then his pool has like a big net around it like a big uh not a greenhouse it's, but it's like a little I, i'm sure you know what i'm talking about but the maybe you don't i've never seen that really okay no i can like, i can imagine you wouldn't want gators in your pool but no yeah but it's i've like never a, heard of that it's like a big net greenhouse thing. Like it's it like if you go into like a Burger King and there's a kid's play area, there's a net around it or like a it's weird. Like there's a door to it, but it's to keep gators from getting in your pool. Whoa. OK. And apparently it's a thing because I've seen That's it like a, a bunch pretty of common times. problem. OK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They're losing their natural habitat here. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's something you don't want for sure. But the the fact that you've like outfitted your whole backyard with it is is uh, pretty extreme. Yeah. But we don't have a gator problem here in Portland, so uh, yeah, it's been yeah. it's been nice. We just have the backyard the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> oh, that's good. Traditionally, I am. That's hilarious that you're in Florida, and I and maybe I'm. Yeah, I figured you would have seen that all over the place. But oh well. No. No, not my size. So yeah, we're literally like 30 minutes away from Alabama. Okay. I yeah. have family in Huntsville, Alabama, and then we did Furnace Fest in Birmingham, Alabama, and that was... Okay. Oh, yeah. They were supposed to redo that this year or bring that back. Did you see that? Uh, have you been, have, no. Oh, my God. Furnace Fest. It's like the... the um. 
the Sloss Furnaces in Birmingham, Alabama are like this crazy haunted old uh, place you to melt down metals and stuff like that and before all the OSHA regulations and, and safety rules were there. So people were dying left and right, like falling oh, in. Or, so they think it's haunted, but they did like this uh, thing called Furnace Fest there, and it was totally rad. Like the first time I saw Minus the Bear was there and like uh, – uh, who else? There's so many bands. I can't even – I can't even remember all of them, but anyway, they're they're supposed to do it in September this year, and then they canceled it and moved it to next year because of the outbreak or whatever. But, yeah, has um has this uh the outbreak uh affected you personally a lot? No, not really. I mean, it's yes and no. Like I'm not touring anymore, so I have a job. So, but my job is considered essential. So I've been working except for two weeks. They get they took us took us uh um uh what am i even saying they they the governor put down this you know stay at home order and some way in there they found a legal way to say yes we're going to shut down for 2 weeks and then after that they said no we found a way legally that we can stay open so mm, okay. it's been business as usual just it's harder for my kids because they have to wear masks and can't play with their friends and they're starting to lose oh, their minds oh yeah yeah, but, uh, totally bored. Exactly. Anxiety. Mm-hmm. My sure. daughter's got crazy anxiety, so that's coming out. And then, yeah. Oh, man. But for me, it's I basically go to work and then come home. Like, it's not uh, much different unless I go to the grocery store. But uh, Yeah, so it doesn't, like, creep you out going into people's houses and stuff, does it? No, I don't I don't, I don't. don't go into anyone's house. No, I work, oh, uh, oh, okay. I work um, at a fab shop, so... I was at a job site for a while. We finished that job, and now I'm kind of biding time at a fab shop where we build all the stuff to go out to the job sites right there in this big hangar kind of thing. Okay. Plenty of space. And, uh, yeah, I don't. I haven't been. That's the weird thing you just made me think of is I've not been in anyone else's home in months. Right. It's crazy. (laughs) So, yeah, Yeah, I guess it it is is. weird. (laughs) Man, so I work at a a restaurant, and um, luckily it's – they they take it very seriously. Uh, they're very conscious about you know not carrying germs anywhere. We've all got masks, we're wearing gloves, we're constantly cleaning everything. But there have been in the last month like two or three restaurants um, a few blocks down from us that have closed because of cases. We've had just today a law put in place where you have to wear a mask when you go inside now, which is like thank you, you know, it yeah. drives me crazy the amount of people that come in that are just you know don't don't have any conscious thought about what it is they're doing but yeah so finally that's happening and you can't have a party of 10 or more anymore but it's just like it's been a long time coming man it's been two weeks i guess since we were really seating people and now it's just snowballing back down into a lot of sick people wow yeah same here it's been it's been uh I think Texas is getting it worse than anybody. Um, mm. They shut down again, I guess. But the up here, it's been, you know, cases coming back. And we're up close to Seattle where all that other stuff's going on. And it's like, oh yeah, this is like the end of days. What's I know. <laughs> what do you I do would it? not be surprised, man, if we shut down again. I really wouldn't. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I was glad to be back at work. But I also, you know, I want everybody safe. What do you do at this restaurant? I'm just host, food runner, general front of house stuff how how long have you been doing that so this has been like the best job because they just let me go on tour so i've been there for about a year now 
oh, okay. at this this place. Yeah, it's really awesome. I was able to take off on that Emory and Hawthorne tour, um, which was really great. I was like two or three weeks or something, but no problems there. Oh man, so you're friends with Mamre boys. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, I love those boys. Yeah, they're great. They're great people, man. We, we I've known them almost 20 years now, and yeah. so so good. I, uh, man, I what what uh, what kind of food is this restaurant? So it's southern. It's high end southern cuisine. I guess is what they like. High to call end it. southern cuisine. Yeah, we've got a fantastic chef. It's so good. Wow. So you enjoy yeah. you enjoy what you do. Oh, I do. I do. Awesome. Awesome. That's a good thing. I mean, that's the, the thing that sucks so bad about all this stuff. And I don't talk much about this on the show just because it's it, who knows where it's going to be in a month or two, you know, like the, this oh, whole situation. Yeah. But I mean, musicians like touring musicians usually have a job that's one that they can leave to go tour. And mm -hmm. most of those jobs are in the service industry, which also got decimated <laughs> on <Yes>. top of. <laughs> and then to to be able to come back and, and do shows on like a big scale, they need to have like a vaccine, mm -hmm. which is going to be way after like you're already back at work, you know, doing your thing. So those luckily those jobs are coming back for the people that had them. The people that were just musicians are also still screwed. Mm -hmm. It's just insane. It's it is. It and really it, is. It all hit entertainment, like all the the well leisure for other people, I guess, like people that aren't involved. It's kind mm -hmm. of their ex escape. Oh, we're gonna go see a show tonight. Like I'm so stoked. It's never. Oh, I'm gonna go to work tomorrow. I'm so stoked. You know, like that's where everyone else goes to unwind or or to let loose, and yeah, it just yeah. got destroyed. I'm shocked so that I, there's um... not as much depression going on from the lack of entertainment and the lack of uh release you know oh, man, but i bet like, there is though wouldn't you think like i bet I, maybe people don't talk about it but i think that's just you know everybody at my work's like oh man what i wouldn't give to go play a show like i pretend that i'm having a mosh pit in my kitchen while i'm cooking like i will put on just you know whatever heavy shit i want to listen to and just like jump around <laughs> So I, what's weird though, I There's know, your I know, YouTube channel right there. Just put a camera in there, just doing dishes and all of a sudden just brust, just go oh, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, concerned though that like, so heavy shows, when we get back to it, what's to, like, are you going to have mosh pits? Are people going to be scared to move around? Like, well, how are you going to, you can't have, you know, serious social distancing and, you know, have a real pit or a real energized crowd, I guess. So yeah, there's some worry there. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, that's the thing too, it, that, that energy you feed off of the crowd, um, that's probably going to change, you know, like the, the, yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it. I, yeah. I have no idea. Like, I feel like I went to the last show that happened in like the North, like I went and saw tool at the Moda Center the night, like, we didn't even know if the show was going to happen. And then it did, and it was great. And then after that, everything was canceled. Like, I looked online the next morning, and everything for their tour was canceled. And wow. then everything started dropping off. But it was crazy, that feeling I had walking into the arena, knowing, like, we're this close to shutting it down. Should I even be in here? But then I was right. like, no, this is great. Who knows when I'll see this again? And... I'm glad I went, but at the same time, how many people got sick 
from that show. Who knows? From that one show, right. Yeah, it was sold right. out arena show. Like it was like and I don't go to arena shows often, but that was one where I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to this. And yeah, it's that it's was your last crazy. hurrah, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But uh yeah, so so tell me tell me about you. Where did you you grew up in Pensacola or you grew up you said you were three or four when you yeah. were I pretty much, yeah, I pretty much grew up here. Um, yeah, I've um, I've been a music person all my life. My parents are both musicians. My dad's a guitarist. My mom plays a piano and she sings. And I was forced into piano lessons very young. <laughs> Which I look back, oh, yeah, yeah. It's not really a force, but it was, I, I didn't ask for them. But um, I'm thankful for them now, but... Yeah. I uh, started out there, um, and I uh, was a band nerd. Pretty what much. What would all you have school. rather been doing than uh, piano lessons? Anything? <laughs> you know, I can't actually at this point think of anything I would have rather done. That's you know, yeah, for sure. It's become my whole world. But yeah, middle school, I played um, violin and clarinet in band. And, like picture, so I was like four feet tall. I have my violin in one hand and my clarinet on my rolling backpack. I had a rolling backpack. <laughs> like at the airport. The, with the, with yes, the that's what it's, it, Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> that's incredible. Did yeah. you even have, four feet tall, did you even have to pull up the little handle? Or did you just leave it attached to the bed? Oh, no, Doesn't it probably it was out? not extended. <laughs> oh, my God. I haven't been but, four feet tall since, like, first grade. So man, I, I can't I can't relate. <laughs> I don't remember. I was so, I was tiny. Oh, my God. But I, I remember this one day. I was thinking about this earlier. Like, I had my clarinet, like, hung over the handle on my backpack. And I had my violin in my other hand. And I start walking up to the door and I, my foot catches this like concrete block. So I hit it and I do a complete flip, land on my ass. My violin goes one way, my backpack goes another way. <laughs> and then the bell rings for everybody to go to first period. And I am sprawled out on the ground with all these people <laughs> walking by. <laughs> yes, yes. This is uh, like in a movie. Yeah, that sums up middle school for me. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's fantastic. The, <laughs> do you ever watch those? Uh, oh, I watch them all the time. Those fail videos on like Instagram. Uh, oh yeah, I, I love oh, a good compilation. There's yeah, but there's like actual uh, like Instagrams for like uh, there's one send it official, <laughs> and it's just like someone like jumping like a, a Toyota Forerunner or something over a sand dune like twenty feet in the air <laughs> and like. Or doing like backflips off jet skis, but then there's one today, and I send them out whenever I see them. Like this, this girl's doing a handstand on a, like a ping pong table, and obviously drunk, and right. it's, the table's obviously wet, and so she's doing a handstand, and then her oh. hands give out, and her body like shoots towards the ground, and her head hits the oh, ping no, pong me. table, <laughs> and it it bends around like it looks like her neck just completely snapped off. No. And then she did the scorpion. Are you familiar with the scorpion? No. 
Okay, the scorpion is when your back, your legs go back over your head. So oh, like you, like you're running and you fall on your face on the grass and your legs keep going over the top. Yes, yeah, like a picture. Called the scorpion, and so literally scorpions herself. So there's one called like scorpion masters or something. No, <laughs> these are you could literally kill a day watching oh, these. Man. There's so many, but uh, yeah, that's what I picture when someone tells me a story like that because, uh, yeah. They're they're everywhere, and I mean, some of them are awful, and you can tell they got hurt. This one, who knows if she's alive or dead? That was a crazy, <laughs> so neck-snapping moment. Y'all, watch out for your drunk friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Use a Come spotter. Come on, don't let her stand on that wet table, you guys. <laughs> use use a spotter. <laughs> use a use a harness or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I'll have to. I'll send you a link to it. It's, please do. Yes, please. It's do that. it's absolutely messed up, but um. <sighs> Yeah. So anyways, so parents are musicians. What were yes. they in bands? So yeah, actually. Like, um or just played. My both of my parents have been in bands and stuff. My dad, he's the only one I guess who's really been in a band that was uh going for like original music and trying to do the damn thing, but I guess it uh it was just a, a weird thing where he had three kids and then it sort of petered out i guess but yeah my mom she uh she still gigs out too she uh plays in a wedding band and she does her fair share gigs uh, they both do really but i mean lately nobody's done anything but um man they still work for sure yeah yeah so that's awesome you got that bug early because uh, who knows, who knows, I, I wonder this too, if people, I just sent that video to you, by the way, <laughs> I, oh, <good. laughs> I, I never do that while I'm recording, but I, I had to this time because it's so, it's so good. You have to see it. But, um, getting that bug early, because I wonder sometimes if kids aren't introduced to it early enough, uh, whether they're forced to or not, if they would discover it on their own, or if when they discover music that it even, you know, it lights them up the same way, you know, You're right. I, but maybe it does. Maybe it's destiny. Maybe it, maybe you could never have seen anything musical and then all of a sudden saw something and it would hit you the same way. Who knows? Right. I, mm -hmm. Yeah. I have no idea. But um, anyway, so middle school sounded like a bust. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when did you start getting into uh, like actually like getting into music that uh, you wanted to hear, I guess? Were you just hearing what your parents had around or or how was that? Yeah, so I think that the first band I really got into that my parents didn't like make me listen to or wasn't just laying around was the Beatles. I went on a huge kick for the Beatles and um my dad actually he listened to like the Dixie Drags and I like went off on that. They have um Unsung Heroes. I don't know if you've heard of that. No, I haven't. So it's really good. They're instrumental band and just they just rip they're also good I actually got to see them play a couple years ago now but yeah they're totally good it, that's um one of those that I guess listening to it so early it helps you kind of develop your ear and just like hear the different layers of things and try to put it all together like I would listen to film scores like crazy and just memorize every note and just become addicted to them like Edward Scissorhands soundtrack oh my god that put me to sleep <laughs> That was my oh jam. my god! That used to yeah. that movie used to keep me up. Uh, oh really? <laughs> well, I, it freaked me the hell out. I saw it in the theater when I was younger, oh. and oh, I was too young to see that movie. And so uh, it scarred you, man. Yeah, it did. Wow. It did. Uh, 
Yeah, it was a, it was a, yeah, I've never watched it again. I should probably watch it. No, go back. Go, go watch that. Yeah. Cause yeah, it terrified me. My brother was with me, my younger brother, and we were both just like got home. Like I was like nauseous. Oh no. (laughs) And, uh, I think my parents thought it was just like a, like a, you know, this, all these guys got scissors on his hand. What a weirdo. Like, yeah, like, you guys uh-huh, should go watch scissors. it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think it was when the dude, like he like started like the scene where he starts like trying to either help the guy or something like cuts his stomach up or something like. Uh, oh, yeah. He, he's trying to be good or be nice or helpful, but he ends up hurting the guy. Right. Is that something that happens? I'm remembering. That's like the like, end of the movie let's when things are getting serious yeah that's when i really lost it like i was just like oh what is happening here mm-hmm. and uh that did it for me that scarred me forever and now yeah. i don't watch horror movies i've i've, I've watched maybe oh, okay. like five or six and i don't uh i don't it, i've never been excited about the horror genre so like it's this weird maybe that's why i don't know See, I don't like go out of my way to watch horror movies, but you know, I I don't think I've really seen one that I hated. I guess I don't know. It's I'd rather watch a comedy, I guess. But see, I'm in the same me. boat. I'm in the same boat. I love comedies, but the do you ever feel like when you're in a in a horror movie, like in the theater or something, and like you hear and okay, so this works because you're you like film scores, so. Mm-hmm. The way they use the music to build an event, like you know something's going to happen and it's going to scare you and you know it's coming. They just have the upper hand at knowing when to hit you with it that you don't know. I feel like I'm like it's an insult. (laughs) Like, okay, guys, (laughs) I know something's going to happen. Just do it already. Like, right. Yeah. The suspenseful strings. Oh, gosh. It makes me feel yep. like an idiot because I'm just like, well, I know this is coming. Like, just do it. And then, you know, like, Man, what you. I don't like is how loud, too, like the the sounds are for when something does finally scare you. It's like this. This is not natural. Like, why are you like blasting me with that synth? Like, what what is possibly going on? Like, it's not not justified. It shouldn't be that loud, man. Yeah. Just trying to spook my ass. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't even that scary. You just made me jump. Yeah, and then you find yourself <laughs> explaining yourself. Like, yeah, I totally knew that was coming, but it totally just got me. And you know, but well, you're still gripping my hand, you know, like right, right. <laughs> yeah, or you're in my lap. One of the two, like just like, oh my god, like but, I'm literally covering my eyes right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, film scores. That's a that's an interesting uh, choice because a lot yeah. of times it seems like. Uh, you know, in younger years, like musicals are a thing, but not necessarily oh, yeah. the scores. So you you really were into just music as a whole. I mean, oh yeah, I'm like a huge Danny Elfman fan. That was my first, um, I guess, composer that I really got into. He's he's awesome. Man, so do you do you have an interest in doing scores? Like, actually, yeah. So I've written a few um, uh, instrumentals. Um, I just downloaded a uh, pack of samples that are really good for orchestral stuff, and I've laid down a few cool tunes. I'll actually I'll bounce you some later. If, okay. If you want to hear them, but yeah, of course. Of yeah, course. I definitely do love scores and stuff. I w- was in college. I played um, I played percussion in college, and we got to do some really cool pieces. And I do still 
kind of reference that stuff a lot. Like I write my own music and stuff and I do um, lean on that kind of side of what I've been playing pretty heavily. Yeah. Well, how, so what did you go to college for? Music, performance. Music, performance. Okay. So that was mm-hmm. a whole, what school? Just a local Pensacola State okay. college. Yeah. Man, did you find going to school for something like music was, uh, you know, beneficial or do you think it, it just became too much? Like I, I could see something like that you love that much going to school for it could, could maybe turn you off from it. I mean, I know it didn't, yeah. but did you start to feel that way a little bit? Well, I've never really been, I don't know if gifted is right, but I've never been gifted at reading music and I've always sort of cheated by just using my ear instead and just memorizing stuff and I'd always gotten away with it, but in college, I was in that scenario where it's like, okay, well, I've got this private lesson on this marimba and I have to, you know, he he knows that I'm not reading this and I'm getting in trouble for it. And I don't really love that. (laughs) (laughs) They always know. Oh, they know. They know. I used to pull that shit all the time, but yeah. Nope. Okay. Try this one. They put something else down and I don't know where I'm even at. And I can't. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> what am I ever going to need to read music for? Is what I would say. Yo, when I, am I ever going to play marimba again? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need this. Man. No, I actually, I didn't finish. I, um, I got to the point where I was like, okay, well I'm in a band and I am really enjoying that. And I think I get more experience from that. So I think I'm, I'm good on the whole orchestral thing so i did come to that point you were already in a band by college yeah so i joined a band like three or four months after i started playing drums we're skipping all this shit yeah we 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 should go back let's go back let's go back all right you take me back because we so finding music you said you were talking about finding uh film scores and things like that like when did you start discovering like bands on your own uh, or do you have do you have brothers and sisters like older brother or sisters? Yeah, I do. I've got an older sister, younger brother. I'm older sister child. music you're sending your way, or did you do this on your own? No, I pretty much did it all on my own. Um, Excellent. Yeah, yeah. So I think the first like my like high school ninth grade year first huge band that I absolutely fell in love with was Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> that was my first like <laughs> real like rock and roll that was like the first time i'd heard something so heavy and i was like what is this this is like changing my life so good and that is actually the reason i started playing drums man okay so i i have yeah i got your next podcast for you but um yeah mm-hmm. yeah jimmy sullivan man i so good. Just no, so good. Just ripped. Awesome. But he, well, he was awesome. He, yeah. Uh, uh, no, I mean, but I mean, I have your next podcast. I need to get you on uh, uh, Johnny Christ podcast because uh, we, uh, we, we, we used to play shows with Venge back when they were still in a van. Like we we're on Warp Tour and stuff. And him and I just swapped episodes. And, and uh, yeah, they're good dudes. But oh, that's uh, awesome. you'll, you'll need to get on his podcast, Drinks with Johnny. It's, it's a fantastic podcast. And, uh, It'd be some good, uh, some good chatting too. Yeah, but, uh, that'd be awesome. We were swapping Jimmy stories when I went on there before, but uh, anyways, he, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about that afterwards. But um, yeah, so Avenged Sevenfold, what yeah. what era of Avenged Sevenfold? Are we talking like 
Like City of Evil. City of Evil. Okay. Yeah. So, um, try to think. Okay. I know what you're So, like, Beast and the Harlot, that was the first song I'd heard by them. They just, like, the drums in it literally, like, changed my life. Just the double bass. Like, this is all new. I've, like, never heard anything like it. So, that was, like, my bridge into the metal world, kind of. Okay. See, he was, Jimmy was really good at, at, uh, well, he wrote a lot of the songs anyways, but um, he was so good at uh, just being super inventive with his style. Mm. Like he had the the one that comes to mind, uh, I'm not super familiar like with uh, a ton of Avenged Sevenfold stuff. Some of it really stuck out to me. There's that song Almost Easy where it has that double ride. that But that double ride... Uh, is insane watching the watch and even thinking to do that um the way that he did it was just this like forward thinking wild man like it was crazy but um that's interesting that's so that's your entry to to heavy music yeah yeah and where did so, you hear it i you know what this was um i actually heard it first because uh i was downloading something off of limewire uh-huh. back in the day and it was all been there. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember what I was trying to download, but it was ended up being that song under a different name. And I had to figure out what it was. But yeah, super strange. That was my intro. Man, did you ever, and this is a side note too, but did you ever download a song that said it was one thing, but it was someone's crappy local band that they wanted Ooh. to get people to listen to it? Did you ever have no. that happen to you? No. Oh my I God. That I was the not. sneaky scam back then that people wow. were literally like, oh, here's the new, uh, you know, oh, unreleased, you know, like the new, like even Avenged Sevenfold, like the new Avenged Sevenfold, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, I got the record and you put it on. And it's like some crappy, like garbage recording of some, and then it has a link or something that pops up to their band or, or whatever, but. That was a Genius. huge scam. And then, <laughs> so that software or whatever, that LimeWire, was like a file sharing software. So people started typing because it would basically go through your computer and find, if you were logged in, find your audio files and stuff. But people mm. would start typing in like 2012 tax return and it would pull up those files from their computer and they would steal information and then file Whoa. their tax returns before they could steal the money oh no it was oh, insane no. it was insane once people found out that's what it does it like a shut down hard oh yeah absolutely that's insane yeah there was like kazaa and uh limewire and um i never used napster but those limewire i got so many weird crazy uh like unreleased demo things and like the weird bootleg stuff. Oh my god, I, I killed a couple afternoons doing that. But um, oh man, thank you for streaming yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> so you discover Avenged Sevenfold. The heavy music starts coming in. Yeah, Take yep, me yep. from there to to starting bands. Like, we, how soon after were you starting your first band? Yeah. So um, the next couple years, like I was pretty heavily involved in marching band. I was a drum major for my high school, my junior year. And uh, I, I didn't really do too much listening other than the stuff that we were playing. Um, but my senior year, that's when I decided I was gonna quit being drum major because I wanted to play the drums. So I auditioned for an indoor 
drum line and I got in playing snare drum, which was really cool because I'd never touched a drum before, but I'd always wanted to try it. So that's kind of where this whole thing started. But um, yeah, I started playing a few months later. Um, I met Jose, who is the singer guitar player for our band now. And we started or he was playing in a deathcore band and I joined it. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. So you guys, so this was, this was a different, this wasn't Vagrants. No, this was, this is our first band. It was, uh, yep. Deathcore, super heavy blast beats. Like, and imagine like I <laughs> had, I, I know it's crazy, but I had no experience playing the drums and then they just like throw this at me and I'm just like, okay, well let's do it. So what we happened? played a show, you know, we played <laughs> shows and I made a fool of myself for a few years, you know, but I threw myself into the fire, man. I was like, I want to do this, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to play some shows. So I definitely learned that way. I didn't really take any lessons or anything. So it got me where I am now. Yeah. Shit. That's how, that's how I discovered, uh, vagrants was through that that drum playthrough for apathy on YouTube yeah. it was on the equal vision channel. And I, I, uh, I was just before this, I was on the line with our, our main man, Dan Sanshaw, um, yeah, yeah. at EVR. And, and, uh, he said to say hi, by the way. Um, Aww. and I told him I was chatting with you today and he's like, Oh, this is going to be great. I was like, yeah, I'm stoked. <laughs> but I, I, I saw that drum play. I was like, Jesus Christ, like this, you're a ripper. But like the, the part I was telling Dan that I was most, interested in from watching the video because it's just i'd never heard the band before like it, this is my first exposure to the band it's just you playing drums with the song in the background but just mm -hmm. how calm you were like oh people, man like, i have so much fun do, well your face was just calm like you just at peace but you're just fucking shredding it was awesome <laughs> it's like you just like meditation you know like it was just like the and i know you were just in your room playing your drums yeah, yeah. but I was impressed by just the the composure, you know, like um, it was definitely different than a lot of drummers I've watched that that are just, you know, all over the place. You right. Know, it just right. had this cool, this cool, like, like, like this is I got this. It was that kind of thing. Like, I was just like, this is awesome. <laughs> you know oh, I man. Thank you. I texted Dan right after I saw it. And I was like, dude, connect me here. And he's like, you got it. Send it, send it over <laughs> to. uh I think your manager who Yeah, Paul Cooler, yeah. Paul, yeah. And he's in Silverstein? Yes, yeah, he's okay. the drummer for Silverstein. Yeah, there you go. I didn't know yep. that until today. Um but uh yeah, so take me from that first band to Vagrants. Like how what happened there? Like what transitioned to this new band? Yeah, so uh Jose and I ended up leaving that band to start Vagrants after we'd played with them for I think two or three years, um, but we, you know, didn't really want to play deathcore anymore. And it, it, both of us had joined in a band that had um, already kind of been established that turned into the band that we were playing in. So we sort of wanted to do something a little different. Yeah. And okay. uh, so Beartooth actually had just put out their EP too, I believe. And that was just like mind blowing. So we sort of started playing stuff that sounded a little bit more like that.
What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th, featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on the 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch, A Tap I Can't Turn Off, out now. First new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June. Equalvision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on Equal Vision Records, you're always going to find something you like at Equalvision.com. Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and Be Well's new 7-inch now. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? 
I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the Passcast. The Passcast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month, because I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. And it's sort of turned into something a little bit more melodic and adding some electronic elements and stuff like that. So. Man, That's, yeah, I feel so old because I've never I I guess I need to check out Beartooth. I've never listened to that band. Yeah, I see the name all over the place, but I've never actually listened to the band. I don't know why you I get emails and so stuff good. on them, but I, I will. I will. And then in God, Deathcore. Are you talking like Carnifex kind of stuff? I'm talking about like. Yeah, like Black Dahlia Murder. Like okay, I see. I'm so super- there's so many different genres that are, <laughs> you know, like uh, like a fi- when you say black, like I'm picturing like like uh, fucking red cord and shit, like the crazy uh, grindy. Um, mm-hmm. Fuck, that stuff's hard to play. Yeah, what's crazy too is that I didn't really listen to a shit ton of that because it was you know, I I like. I don't know. I like singing. I like melodies. I like, you know, not the same thing over and over. But there was something to be said for playing that on the drums. It's, you know, really build up your chops and it's pretty fun. So, yeah. What was, What is your practice routine like? Like, do you practice quite a bit or do you um, 
like are you are you religious with practicing like like every day or well i'll i'll say for the last two months it's been probably every day um but before that i wasn't playing nearly as much as i should have i was kind of letting work sort of take over my life a little bit but Mm -hmm. so taking the last few months off um i sort of found again my love for playing and practicing so i've been pretty much every day for the last couple of months yeah okay and how did you guys get hooked up with with equal vision with vagrants like what was it like on a demo was it um i'm always curious on that because i've I've been around equal vision for a long time and and uh yeah yeah. i'm curious I believe Jose hit up Dan and um, he got back to us. And this was this was when we'd been together, maybe a year. Um, Did they Dan know each like, other? No, I don't. I don't really know how they how they um, got that contact. I really don't huh. know, um, which I should know. I should ask him about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Um, Dan actually told us, yeah, you guys, you know, keep up the good work. Uh, I don't think it's there quite yet, but, you know, come back to me. So we ended up um, maybe another year later doing a music video and putting it out. And we hit Dan up again. And then he agreed to come see us play a live show. So he came and saw us play in Texas. And it was this like biker bar that didn't have any air conditioning. And it was like 100 degrees inside. Yes. And um, <laughs> there were like, you know, 20 or 30 people in there. But man, we played a hell of a show. I threw down so hard because I was like, dance here. We're going to do this. We're going to lay it down. And we had a great, you know, 100 degree show in Texas for Dan. Oh, my God. <laughs> How uncomfortable was Dan in that 100 degree club? <laughs> you know, so the first thing he said when we got off the stage, he just like laughed and he was like, that was silly. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> that was mean? silly. That was silly. <laughs> he was uh, not expecting for me to probably hit as hard as I do and for Dylan to throw down like he does. Um, but it it's uh, that just, just kills me. I, I will always remember that. That was silly. That is crazy. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm going to have to say that to him later just on something that random. Was silly. That was silly. <laughs> I just picture Dan saying that. Just the sweetest man ever. And I know. Uh, yeah. He's 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 the best. Um Yeah, he's so cool. Uh that's so crazy just hit up Dan uh out of nowhere. Find out who, how he got that contact. I I'd be interested to know on that because um that's like the last thing I would have ever done uh like hit up the president of record label. Right, I go, know, I know. know. That's very bold. Hey man, here's a band for you. Uh, like I, I do that, but I know Dan, so I'm like, hey, check this band out. Uh, right. Yeah. There's been times he's told me like, oh, it's got it take it's gonna need a little bit of work, or it's not quite there yet. When I send yeah. him something, but um, yeah, every once in a while it works. But that's awesome. So <laughs> that was silly. Um. <laughs> I remember playing shows like that where there's the no air condition, like you're ready to pass out. You've never passed oh, yeah. out at a show, have you? No, no. Okay. I've been like super nauseous before, just like overheated, you know, but I've never passed out. Man, there's a video on YouTube and shout out to Josh Eppard from Coheed, but he, uh, uh, 
is a buddy of mine, and he maybe you saw the video, but he was playing drums on stage mid show. He had like a uh, I think it's called an ablation, uh, cardiac ablation, oh. where he basically passed out, and so he's playing like doing his thing, and all of a sudden you just see his kind of arms go limp, and then he just kind of slow motion kind of just lays his head down on his snare. Oh, and everyone no. keeps playing and then kind of looking back like, oh, wait a minute, something's wrong. And they stop. Mm-hmm. And he had to have some some surgery stuff done, but he's fine now. Well, fine as you can be, but it's the craziest effort. Being a drummer, it, it's <sighs> interesting to watch like just how he goes from full on playing to just kind of slow motion, just you know, like onto the onto the snare. It's on YouTube. You can Google it. But um, yeah, I, I and I hear stories like. By like the Black Flag days, like Bill Stevenson, like just passing out on the floor, like oh from just being so hot, like you right, can't, you can't get away from it, and it just gets worse, worse, and the harder you play, the worse you make it on everyone else, including oh, yeah. yourself. Um, Man, and a lot of venues, drummers really have it the worst too, because you're tucked in the back. If there's no real airflow or anything, you just you're just dying back there, just no oxygen. Just it can be pretty rough depending on the venue of course but. yeah absolutely so so with vagrants so you, you meet up with dan dan comes and sees you play likes what he sees then what happens so then he's like hey let's work together or is that something that came later like what what was the process from there yeah yeah so he was he was stoked on it i think that he he sent us contract and um we went back and forth for a little while, and then we got, you know, we signed. And I was think this, the, did you have Paul already? No. So Dan actually hooked us up with Paul. Okay. So you mm-hmm. you went back and forth on contracts, just you guys and Dan, yeah. uh, and Steve, probably. Um, okay. So then, so then you guys got that ironed out to the way you wanted it to look. Mm-hmm. Signed the deal, and then Dan hooked you up with Paul. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Did yeah, did sure. Paul did Paul look things over afterwards and and say hey good job or was he I mean he had to come into the picture and kind of see what was going on so um, yeah that's pretty much I I think that's pretty much how that went down he he came into something that we'd already sort of laid out and I really do wish we'd uh, gotten him sooner because uh, he's just so smart and awesome he's just knows all the things that we should do sweet Paul my favorite Canadian. Sweet Paul. <laughs> Sweet Paul. That's what I call him. <laughs> yes. I'm glad. That's he great. doesn't know that. Maybe he will now. He will now. He maybe <laughs> yeah. he's listening to this. I don't know. Uh yeah. So so okay. So signed EVR, you get Paul. Uh everything's good. Like so and do you guys have have you guys had lineup changes through through since you guys started? I noticed like, Oh there's, yeah. What tell me about this because I noticed there's like a definite change in the lineup. Yeah, so we've gone through a few bassists since we started everything. We've gone through like four guitarists, I think. But it's really, aside from Jose, yeah, it's, Jose and I are the remaining two from once it began, and uh, we got Dylan a couple years ago now. I think he's the bomb i love dylan um and we got our bass player gentry about a year ago i think yeah i, I think that's right okay that's current lineup so dylan's on vocals yep 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you guys have a different singer? Um, back in the day, we did. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't even know if we have anything out with him on it anymore. Wow, I just have no idea. Huh. Okay. So yeah, I just saw some lineup changes and stuff. So I was wondering because I'm still like familiarizing myself with the band because uh, you guys just have the EP out right now, right? Yeah, yeah. We've uh, we're actually about to release another single, hopefully in the next month or so. We're excited to finally put something else out. It's all been the waiting game, you know. Yeah, it's insane how long that takes sometimes, especially with this whole situation. But uh, oh yeah. That's the thing, like with with not a ton of stuff out, like I'm stoked to hear more, you know, like the the EP wets the whistle and then you you want more. And, you know, like what's that stuff sounding like? Like, is it is it uh, this? Well, this new single, of course, but like the uh, have you guys been writing for a record yet or you just is a single the next thing you have? We have an album written. Really? Yes. And the saddest thing happened to me. So I got this um, alert from my calendar app on my phone for the date that we should have been recording the album. It got pushed back. Yeah, I know. I know. But we have rescheduled. We're going to be recording in October now. Um, We're going to the Sam Guyana in Toronto. Canada. Mm -hmm. Did, uh, Did Paul set that up? You guys yeah <laughs> yeah so uh sam actually mixed their newest album which is super sick if you haven't heard that yet i have not i've never listened to a silverstein record no okay no okay. i've i've seen so i met shane and shane and i text every once in a while because we're podcasters but never through music and uh and billy i think is the bass player's name um they were touring with Emery right after we did. So when I went up to see Emery after we did a tour together, they were touring with Silverstein, and I met those guys then. And I think I watched them play like a song or two and then was back with the Emery guys. And that's the only – I've never actually heard a record. I never uh, – it never caught on for me for some reason. Um, I don't know. I don't exactly know why. Right, I think Shane so, even had braces back then. Like I think it was huh. – if I remember right, like – <laughs> yeah anyways but i remember bill bill or billy being really nice um i don't remember meeting paul um but mm. yeah so i'm just i mean there's certain bands that just fell through the cracks for me and i don't that must have been one of them you know i think that everybody's got bands like that there's so much music out there exactly there's, how can you possibly listen to all of it and, and if you know how streaming. then please tell me yeah that was back before <laughs> streaming so if like i didn't have the record like i already had 10 more that i was going to go through um, right yeah, that and there was like a Alexis on Fire. I've never heard listened, heard one of their records either. Oh. I think we played like shows together. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a fucking mess. And it's even worse now with kids and work. Like, fuck, man. If I get a chance oh, yeah. to listen to a record all the way before? through, it's ugh. Yeah. It's gotta be but something special. Lot. But Right. Yeah. So when I do find something new that's all I mean, have you heard the the and this is uh have you heard the the Be Well record? That's mm. coming out on EBR? No, actually. Oh, my God. So uh, the same reaction, like, when I've, when I've heard Vagrants, I was like, this is fucking awesome. Like, I got all inspired and then I immediately text Dan. But then uh, they just released a video for it. Um, it's Brian McTernan. He's a producer, huge producer, was a huge producer. Um, Mike Schleibon from Darkest Hour, the guys from Fairweather and, and dude from Bane. Like it's a like a super group, but the yeah the record is 
fantastic. It's brutal. You would actually probably really like it. It's really, it's really fucking good. You'll have to have Dan send it to you, but um, oh it's, yeah, for sure. It's one of those Holix things that's locked to my phone that I can't send the link to it, but oh. um, it's fantastic. But I'm stoked to hear what you guys are gonna uh, come up or have come up with. Do you guys have like uh, stuff demoed out for the record, yes, or is it do. all? How does that sound? So so far, so good. good? We've had um, some of them are more polished than others, of course, but I've actually been uh, taking all this extra time and going back through and like retracking out some of the drums and like making more intricate drum parts. Like over the last month or so, I've been jamming like Anderson Pack a lot. I don't have you listened to him? No. Oh, man. Man, you got all sorts of shit you're throwing at me here. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, Anderson Pack. He's the king of pocket, but it's changed kind of the way that. I hear the way drum parts kind of should be. He's just, he has this one song where there isn't a crash cymbal throughout the whole thing. And it's just like, okay, well, you have to hold back and you really have to learn restraint and playing to the song. So the more I guess I've been jamming stuff like that, the more I go back and listen to our songs and then sort of implement some more of that groove and pocket into it. I think you'll be kind of surprised at the way that has affected the album if you get a chance to hear it. You're talking like uh, listening for the notes that aren't there, listening for the beats that aren't there, like like pulling back to to complement the the piece of music versus showboating. Exactly. Yeah, I exactly. know exactly what you're talking about, and that is some of the hardest stuff to do well. I know, isn't that crazy? You would think that you know shredding constantly that that's a challenge in itself, but it's a whole another just complete challenge in itself to hold back and then think of the song and then. You're not the star of the show, drummer. You don't, you know, not all the time. Yeah, you have to put your ego aside and and, uh, really give in to the team mentality of creating something. That's a really humbling thing to be able to do. I mean, uh, because I think a lot of people that do like anything performance wise, I mean, there's always some ego there and like wanting to play well and, and, uh, you know, be like people be into it. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. kind of to make any money at it or, or to do that as a job. I mean, you need people to enjoy it. So you of course have oh, yeah. that in your head. Um, that's the weird thing with like doing a, like your first, first record, first release, like you've been building up to it your whole life. And then you got like six months to do the next one. And oh, yeah. you're already in your head is like, are people going to like this? Like it's uh-huh. so hard to get that out of your head and just do a pure, um, deal like it's it's oh yeah you put a lot of pressure on you it's scary thought but you just have to hope i guess that if you're writing music that you like then somebody else will really you know dig it exactly if you can Mm -hmm. if you can sell yourself on it and you can sell someone else on it you know they'll see it they'll see how much you believe in yourself you know and and uh, Mm -hmm. man that's interesting Uh, i'd be interested to hear like the difference because do you have so you said you you were listening to this like the in the in the pocket style after or before or during when you were making this record or or writing the songs for it. You said you were going back and kind of editing things. Yeah, I've I've changed up a lot of things, and I'm honestly super thankful for this extra time just because I know it's going to be ten times better than it would have been, uh, at least on my end, because uh, it's given me a chance to really just like focus down and make sure I've got everything the way that I want it. So yeah. Do you have a before and after like on, on your demo collection? 
Oh, I'm sure I will. <laughs> oh man, I want to hear the contrast between those two because that I'd be interested in that because that's uh, yeah, that's something just a lot of people aren't willing to do. But you, yeah, you, once it's all done, that album's gonna hit hard, and people are gonna be like, "Why is this hit so hard?" And then they're gonna be like, "Damn, it's that drummer!" Like it's right. they're still gonna be stoked on it, you know? It's just not gonna be like uh, the drummer that sits out front. Like do you, uh, and this isn't something he does. But have you heard? Uh, Anything like Gabe Serbian does from The Locust and uh, um, like uh, Some Girl. I think he's in Some Girls. Um, anyways, back mm -hmm. back in the day, The Locust is a uh, crazy, amazing band, like just grindy, uh, wild band. But Gabe is one of the hardest hitting drummers I have ever seen in my life. And he sits out front like with the band is on either side. And he, okay. just watching Soundcheck like made me exhausted. <laughs> um both sonically and physically right and, uh, you'll have to check it out if you just go type in gabe serbian and watch some of his drumming it, he is a monster but it's not like uh he does the same thing where he plays to the song but at the same time when you see him do it live anything he could just be playing four on the floor and you'd be impressed with right. his skills you know uh versus listening to those subtle nuances and so I would uh, suggest checking out Gabe Serbian stuff. Just watch. oh my! Actually, God. just wrote that down. I will not forget it. Yeah, after you watch the video of the girl breaking her neck. Right. No, that is priority <laughs> for sure. <laughs> it probably popped up on your phone, right? But I, I was like, you know, I have to send this right now because I'm going to forget. But um, <laughs> man, we have so much stuff to trade now. Um, oh yes, for sure. So, so what's next? So, so once this stuff dies down get up to Toronto to record this this new record and mm -hmm. then try to hopefully tour. I guess that's that is the hope. What's yeah. next is kind of a silly thing to even talk about because who knows. Who knows? Oh gosh, that's that's so scary. It's like I don't know. <laughs> whatever I'm allowed to do, I'll do whatever I can. Say this so goes crazy. on for another year. Like are you oh. guys going to try to record just on your own? Like what would happen there? What is right. like, what's the contingency plan there? You know, we haven't really talked about that. Um, we we could we are capable of doing it ourselves, but there's that I guess feeling of just knowing that going to Toronto and having Sam work on the record, I just know it would just elevate the whole thing so much. So yeah, that is a real fear, but you know, I think it's. I'm pretty positive it's going to work out. I think we'd probably just push it back a little more. Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, that's uh, yeah, something I've been thinking about lately, too, is just what happens. You know, mm -hmm. hopefully, I mean, if you guys just stay positive, you know, and, and stay stay the course, I mean, don't let the depression and, and fear get to you enough that it ruins things, you know, because. Oh, definitely. You guys got something really special. It's really good. And I'm I'm super excited to hear. Uh, what's coming out next and I mean just just uh yeah just it's just crazy that like just a video of drumming like a bedroom playthrough video like hooked me you know like right, right, right. I don't remember that what I was doing one, when I man. watched it I know you need to start a channel <laughs> I know I have to I have to Sunday I'm recording more videos so this is first step doing some covers or are you doing some originals yeah 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 covers of uh couple really cool songs so should be should be awesome man i'm gonna uh, so i'm gonna i've yeah i've had you on almost an hour look at that 
This is Are you crazy. Serious? Yeah, oh, it goes fast. It goes that so fast. fast. Um, but I'm going to try to hook you up with uh, Johnny Christ over at uh, Drinks with Johnny and um, see if you can get yeah, you on man. his podcast because he's a he's an awesome dude. And uh, yeah, with Avenged being your entryway into heavy music, and he was in the band that he came in on like the first record, um, right before mm-hmm. the first record, and uh, yeah, he's got all sorts oh, of cool man, stories. Oh man, that'd be but, amazing. Uh, cool. Yeah, so I'll hit him up after this and see. Uh, I'll send him some stuff. Aww. But yeah, um, thank you so much for coming on the show. And, oh man, and, uh, thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Awesome. I'm glad. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Anna Hayes from Vagrants. She is a incredible, incredible drummer. Go check out her YouTube channel, Anastasia Hayes. Go check out Vagrants on wherever you stream music, the EVR website, uh, anywhere. They've got some amazing videos out on YouTube. And you can watch her play through the Vagrant song, Apathy, which is the first one I saw. And that's what exposed me to them. And it's it's really, really good. Uh, thank you to Anna for coming on. And yeah, man, another great episode. All right. So I want to get into this real quick. Beyond Barricades is the story of Annie Flagg. It's a documentary. It's out now. And uh, I want to get into that with John Nix first. And then we're going to hear from Justin Sane as well. So here's John Nix on Beyond Barricades, the new anti-flag documentary. Uh, so the way that it started was um, I worked in like downtown Cleveland in a, like a marketing, at a marketing company. Uh, and Chris Snow, who's now their label manager, worked in the same building as me. And we ended up meeting and we realized that we had a ton of overlap in our like friend group. Like we were like, oh, let, you know everyone that I know. Um, and so we just became good friends. Uh, he ended up moving back to Pittsburgh. I started becoming their label manager. And he was basically like, Hey dude, uh, like I trust you and there's like hundreds of hours of footage that's just like built up from like their entire career, like on VHS tapes and mini DV tapes. Like there's like a whole like container tub of these things. Like, do you want to look through them and see if you could make something out of it? Um, so I did like, so I, I considered it and like decided to look at all the tapes and like, there's a lot of really great stuff on it. And so I decided that uh, like we wanted to try and make a documentary out of it. Man, see, that's awesome. That's a totally organic way of going about it, getting this little treasure of of tapes. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I want to have you. I want to have you back on the show for for like an actual episode because I want to discuss all the. I mean, the ins and outs of documentary filmmaking and stuff because you've done you know multiple films uh, that I've seen and, and I love what you do. But this one, uh, you know. Is there like a favorite a favorite part of this documentary that that uh, you know you're excited to show to people? Um, you know, because I want to just get the word out with this and uh, this little you know mini conversation, if you will. And then because uh, mm-hmm. the film comes out October third, yeah. Okay, perfect. Because this is going to come out October sixth, so we're in the future. So you need to go back and 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 check this movie out. But uh, like any favorite parts or or scenes or um, experiences while making it that really stood out to you? Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those hard things where like there had to be at least 10 or 12 stories that like just hit the cutting room floor. Like you, I would get halfway through editing the sequence and go like, Oh, this, you know, this isn't right for this. Uh, so a lot of it's just kind of about curating, like what you, what you think deserves the time because there are so many like great little anecdotal stories from like any, any like creative career. Um, uh, honestly, like, I mean, I don't really want to go into spoilers, but like, I feel really proud of 
where the film ends up going near the end with one of their most recent albums. I think that there's a really good character arc that you can see in the band and they hit some dark times and you can really see their growth and like a change in perspective. And that's one of those things that's really scary when you go into making a documentary because you, it's kind of like casting where you have to look at it and go like, okay, these people are interesting enough to sustain like a full movie. And like, do I think there's like an hour and a half in this that's essential and I'm not going to have to like stretch it out. And is there going to be like an emotional core to it or is it just going to be me kind of like listing stuff they did. And thankfully when we were shooting to this, um, you know, there, there really was an emotional core. I mean, the band has gone through some really dark stuff. They've gone through, through some really hard patches and they've always stayed really true to their message and what they stand for. And so it was like such relief when I was in the editing room, just like finding where that was. And I could see it, like I could feel it. Like I could feel myself get emotional while I was working on it. And so like, basically like the, essentially like the climax of the movie, like the last 20 or so minutes are like, I'm really proud of where it ends up at. Man, I, I agree with you. And I, and I know exactly what you're talking about because I felt the same way <laughs> both times I watched it. And, uh, awesome. but you have to watch, from the beginning for it really to have an impact for you because I think if if you went straight to that part it's not going to have the same impact because uh you know I feel like I got to know Pat and I got to know Chris and like I mean there's stuff with with uh Andy like I'd never seen a picture of Andy or anything mm -hmm. yeah, uh, except neither. the album cover of Die for the Government and cuz he was gone before we ever saw Anti Flag play and and that was awesome to see so I mean you're and you're building that arc, like like you said, like you're building each each person just builds and character, and and it's so refreshing too with with anti flag. Like you, a lot of people grow out of a lot of their beliefs and and things they're passionate about later in life, but it seems like they've just grown stronger uh, in their convictions. And and uh, I always respect that, and I always can like they're kind of a rock where I can go back if ever I waver on things to to really reinforce. Uh, you know, the worldview and everything else. It's just been an awesome ride. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, it, it's funny because um, this is like, this has come up in a, I've only done a couple interviews so far, but it, like this has come up in, in all of them. And it, like, it's exciting because, um, you know, like anyone can kind of like sit around and like read like political theory or essays or whatever you want to do, like, a, you know, magazine articles, even like Newsweek or whatever. Uh, and you can feel like you have an opinion about something, but then once like the rubber meets road, like the horrible shitstorm of what's happening right now happens, it, it, like that's where it's really tested. Like anyone can say anything when they're like having a good time and life's easy. Um, but like when, when history starts happening around you, it's like really important to have something that you can like as a standard to hold yourself to. And I, and you know, we, we worked in this movie for a long time. We, with them, and so I got to see them live through a lot of historical events while we were shooting it. And like every single time, yeah, I was always like, all right, yeah, no, this is the way to, this is the way to handle it. Like, and I always felt impressed by like the clarity that I saw in them. Uh, when, whenever, because it's hard to know in the moment when I'm like, oh, well, how should I approach this? This is a thing where it might be happening in a place that I don't know a lot about or about a thing. And they would always kind of take the time educate themselves and then have a stance on it. And it was always in line with everything they said before, but about something new in a new context and they could find the nuance there. And so it was really exciting to see that because 
I think it's really easy when you're trying to write something political to just write a bunch of bumper sticker lyrics or like live in a bumper sticker kind of way where it's like it's platitudes. But when you dig down, there's not, not a lot there. And that's definitely not what's going on with them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, they've, they've, they've lived it. They've tried it. They've, they've tested it. You know, they've, they've toured on it. They have, uh, you know, brought it, brought it forth from, from being teenagers to now and, and just held strong. And, and it's, it's awesome. And I've, they've inspired so many people and, and you've just done such a great job at putting this together and, you know, your other films too, uh, which we'll talk Thank about you. on, on, uh, your actual episode, um, because mm-hmm. I, I want to dig into a bunch of that stuff. It's so fascinating. But, um, you know, for this one, I mean, you just did such a good job putting it together. It's a big job to do and, and trying to represent a band, especially a band that, that has so much to say um, and so much that they that they uh, it's not it's not an easy band to capture. Um, you know, like there's so many different personalities and it was cool to see that, too, and kind of and see the other side of things. So um I definitely recommend that everyone listening uh, go and watch Beyond Barricades. Uh, it's the story of Annie Flagg uh, talking to John Nix from Turnstile Films who put it all together. Um, dude, where can people find this? Because it, it, it came out on the 3rd. We're on the 6th now. So uh, where can they find the, the documentary? Um, so if you buy it, well, it's, I mean, it's actually fact, but um, like the beeps where we're premiering it, like beeps.com, uh, the video is going to stay up, I think, for 72 hours. So you could stream anytime after that, I think, including the Q&A. Um, but then after that, it'll be available on Vimeo and Amazon Prime uh, starting October 16th is, is our tentative date. Awesome. Will the, will the Q&A be available then, too, as like a bonus feature on the 16th, or is that just for the initial run? Um, you know, I, I don't know yet. Uh, I, I'm going to see if we can like maybe cut that up and have it as an aside. That might, that might be a cool thing to add on. Dude, that'd be so awesome. Like that Des- Descendants documentary where you if you bought the film, you got the extra footage uh, of like mm-hmm. all the cutting room floor stuff. I mean, people yeah. love that stuff. I, I would love to see that. And uh, um, yeah, I, I, I'm so stoked for you, dude. And it's just an awesome film. So I'm, I'm thanks for coming on and, and talking about it a bit. Justin's coming on to talk about it too. And I'm just going to put it together and, and put, a, uh, put it on the episode so people can check it out uh, and kind of hear it in your own words. Um, you know, and, and hopefully that inspires some people to go watch. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely, dude. All right, that was John Nix, and he is the director uh, of the documentary. He works for Turnstile Films, and yeah, an awesome guy. You're going to hear more from him. We're going to do an episode with him soon. So um, yeah, if you haven't checked out the documentary yet, Beyond Barricades, go do it. Let's hear a chat with Justin Sane from Flag as well right now. Absolutely. Yeah. I just wanted to know, like, I, I know people like to hear it from your voice and John's voice, like uh, about the documentary. I, I got to watch it. I watched it twice um, and I loved it. It was awesome. John sent me the screener and I just thought it was really well done. I thought it told the story really well. It was really candid. It had just the right, I mean, it focused on, on the right albums. Like it, it just really had a good flow. And he told me, it kind of came about by by kind of getting a box of stuff uh, when he was work or he either had a buddy. I don't remember. I have to listen back to it, but either had a buddy that worked for AF Records or was was over yep, there and yep. was like, "Hey, do you want to dig through this box and see if you can make something out of this?" Yeah, I mean, it is pretty funny. Like number two and I did a interview together the other day, and number two described it like really perfect. He was like, "Yeah, we just we drove up to." 
Cleveland and we dropped a box of old videotapes on this guy's front porch and was like, can you make anything out of this? Yes. <laughs> like, I, in a lot of ways, like that was sort of how it went, you know? I mean, um, and so the documentary in a lot of ways ended up being dictated by what we had footage of, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, truth be told, like I, I had no idea what we had or what we would find. And, um, it, it, so it really was like a walk down memory lane. Cause I just didn't know what to expect. So when John put the first cut together, I was like, Whoa, you know, like I, I remember that, but wow, this just brings it all back so vividly. Um, and you know, I, well, one of the things that really stood out for me with the documentary was just how obsessed we were with the band when we started. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially Pat and I, because you know Pat and I were the original members, yeah. and and I even had the idea for the band since I was like sixteen. You know, like I mean, I, I came up with it so long ago. This like idea of anti-flag and like what I thought it should stand for and what it should be about. And it, it really, you know, stemmed from the idea that the first Gulf war, like some of our buddies, like, you know, got shipped over to Iraq. Like, and we were like, what the fuck? Like, Mm -hmm. that's insane. You know, it just seemed like, seemed like a, a, a war for oil and it just didn't, you know, make any sense to us that this is happening to our friends. And we, and, and so, I, I, but we were younger, you know, we were a little younger. So we were like seeing these guys get shipped off and just thinking like, man, it's fucked that, you know, these politicians are just taking advantage of these young guys like this yeah. for this bullshit war. So it, it, but, but on top of the ideology of, of the band, it was just, it really brought back to me just how obsessed we were with punk into we were going to have a punk band and it never, it, it, there was, I, I, you know, you hear people all the time. You like talk about bands. They're like, even in the trailer, Tim from rise against talks about it. He's like, I'm sure those guys never thought they'd be doing this for a living all these years later. That is like totally wrong. I, <laughs> from day one, I was like, I'm made to be in a punk band and it's going to be this punk band. And, um, and I, I literally remember when we recorded Die for the Government, I thought to myself, how am I going to sing that when I get old? Like, my vocal cords won't be able to do that. I remember, like, that was a concern for me because yeah. I was so <laughs> convinced that 40 years later I was still going to be singing it, you know? Yeah. And uh, so it was kind of cool, like, just seeing this old footage and – being forced to think back about it and talk about it, like just reminded me of all these things and how, you know, but it also reminded me like, I'm not surprised that we're here and that we're still doing it all this, these years later. Yeah, man. I, it was awesome because I've, I've been, you know, like I told you when we had, when we did our interview at first, like, die for the government. I picked it up in Alaska where we couldn't ever see you guys, but I, mm-hmm. I saw the cover and I'm like, there's something here like that. I've got to see what this is. And so being a fan since then, you know, it was awesome to like reminisce myself on just going back through the stages of the band and, uh, you know, hearing the, the stories. And I know Chris, like, number two went, uh, 
uh, way dark with some stuff, which him and I went way yeah. dark. We, we went way dark on the podcast when I had him on. Like we, we, so many of the experiences he's been through with the awful stuff have also happened yeah. to me. And it was the first mm, time I actually yeah. talked about it on the show because I was like, dude, this is wow. too crazy. The, the similarities, yeah. right. I mean, from the, right. from the, uh, the, the pedophile stuff to the murders to like all this stuff, like, yeah, been through it myself and it's, right. it's so crazy, but, but hearing him talk about it again on the, on the documentary and, 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 uh, you know, describing signing to a major and all these things, the questions you guys get asked all the time, you really went into it in a way that, that, uh, was super informative and then moved forward to where it just, it pushed the story forward. It'll answer everyone's questions, but also they'll learn. So I learned something, you know, like that, that was what was awesome. That's why I watched it again because I was like, man, I'm, I'm finding cool. out more shit, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah. It's just it. It was just done so well, and it's such an awesome story. And and even the footage with with Andy, like I didn't even know what he looked like because in, right, in the album right. he has the blindfold on, and I never saw footage. And I, the first time I saw you yeah. guys was with with two with uh, I think it was a thrice tour back in Portland, way way mm-hmm. back. And yep. So I was like, whoa, there's that's what he looks like, you know? Like it was stuff yeah. like that. Like there was footage. Yeah. And right. And right, cock and everyone else like it was, dude. Yeah, such a great man. Thing. I, I, yeah. I mean, it, I, I hear what you're saying so much. I mean, about all of those things, and I mean, and and for everything that's in the documentary, there's a hundred things that aren't, you know, yeah. or and it's and and. And yeah, there are just times where I was like, man, I, I wish we could fill in this gap, or I wish we could talk about this. But it's also like making a record where if you could stay in the studio forever, you would, and your record would, would never be done. And with a documentary, it's kind of similar. It's like <laughs> at some point you got to pull the plug. You just go like, look, we we're done. You know, we, we don't have time to do another interview or we don't have time to, you know, set up uh, another interview with someone else. Like you kind of just have to, to, to move forward, which kind of hurts, you know, it's like, ah, oh, like you're you, in a way, cause I, I am really happy with the documentary. I really am. But by the same token, um, I know that there's other things that I, I wish were there that that can't be, you know, and that's, yeah. but you know, there's, there's, there can always be another one. So or a book, <laughs> that's the, that's the good news. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, even, you know, we kind of, we talk about the Rick Rubin thing and I think number two does a great job in the documentary of describing with Rick Rubin, how that went. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the idea that Rick Rubin was into our band and he was the biggest personality in music at that time, you know, and he, you know, his repertoire was Johnny Cash, the Beastie Boys, Slayer, Mm -hmm. you know, like, um, you know, like uh, an amazing hip hop repertoire. I mean, like he was the king and the fact that he wanted to sign our band really changed our lives and changed, you know, the trajectory and everything that, that happened with the band. We, and, and one of the things that I realized, like, we didn't even talk about the fact that we did not sign with him in the end. Yeah, It's funny. I mean, there's just, there's so much to it. And, you know, the reason we didn't sign with him is like a, another big, long story, you know? Um, but the fact that he, 
wanted to sign us just, you know, created this demand for the band with everybody else in the quote unquote music industry because the king of the music industry liked our band. Yeah. And that, you know, and that story had a different twist and turn every day. I, I always regret not keeping a journal during that time because every single day something crazy changed, whether it was like another person who was calling me on the phone or, you know, just, you know, talking to Rick, you know, like meeting up with Rick in LA and just him just being like, Hey, let me take you somewhere. And then like, we go to like the rainbow room, you know, and he's like talking to me about, you know, recording rage against the machine or something, you know, just like (laughs) things that, that were crazy that I, I honestly, like I was so enveloped in my punk life that I didn't even know these kind of things existed. You know, like I wasn't that interested in it. I wasn't interested in LA rock and roll history. I didn't really care. You know, I was like, I was like, well, I'm into black flag, the germs and X, you know, they're from LA, you know, like that's cool. You know, like (laughs) that was what I knew of LA and Joan Jett, you know, like I, and, and so it was really like, an eye-opening and interesting experience to like just meet him and it, it 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 exposed me to a lot of really really interesting things which you know to this day I'm like oh that's really cool you know and it would have been pretty cool probably to sign with him but long story short he didn't have a record label he was like he had an imprint but the, the imprint literally didn't have any like way to distribute a record because he didn't have a deal with a label at the time he was in between labels and we were friends with international noise conspiracy. They did sign with him. They signed with him like a year before and they made a record and the record got totally held up like two years because he didn't have a label. And we were, we looked at what happened to them and we were just like, we don't want that to happen to us. Yeah. So that's sort of that that sort of uh, that sunk it in the end. Man, that was kind of. But yeah, so there's a. Anyway, long story short, I mean, the documentary definitely covers a lot of ground, and uh, I, you know, I, I hope that people will find it interesting. You know, and I really think they will. Um, yeah, and it and it kind of brings up the current day anti flag, which, to be honest with you, I mean even looking back on it all, it was cool to see how raw and like uncensored and energetic we were about things yeah. when we started. And, but I think by far we're the best version of anti-flag that we've ever been. You know, it's like, we're just better at everything. We're better at expressing ourselves We're better at playing, you know, we're, we're better on stage. We just, that, there's just no making up for the experience that you, you get over all the years, as long as you are so passionate about doing it, which, which we are, you know? Sure. So it's, um, it's kind of a, it, it's cool to look back on it all, but it's also good to feel, it's nice to feel good about what we're doing right now. And that's, that's a nice place you know, kind of a good spot to be in it. And Pat really talks about it in the documentary and he doesn't like his blunt Pat way, but yes. he's just like, yo, 
If you don't like what we do, fuck you. I don't care. Yeah, you know, just, just get the fuck <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, which you know, I'm a much more diplomatic person, <laughs> and like, I'm like, let's talk about it. But, um, but in a way, you know, it's it, it's really true. Like we've kind of, it was cool to see how the arc where that the band has taken, and to realize that we've kind of gotten to a place where we're like look, we, we've been a band for this amount of time and we do what we want to do. We do it because it's what we want to do. And it's, we're not at this point in our, if you want to call it a career or whatever the fuck you want to call it, we're, we're not worried like what people are going to think of it. It's, you know, it's, we believe in it. So we do it. And it's like, that's sort of what's led us to this place. And, um, but you know, I think there were a lot of distractions in the past and those distractions are gone, you know, but, but all of that said, I don't mean to say that in an arrogant way, because I do think it's important still to <clears throat> do positive things and, and, and to do good things and to care about other people. So I'm not saying that I don't care about other people, but I am saying that, you know, if we believe in something, it's important that we do it. And it's kind of, nice and refreshing to realize like that's where we are in the life of our band. It's a, it's a, it's a nice place to be because it hasn't always been that way. Absolutely, dude. It's, it's yeah. And, and now you have a jumping off point to continue. That story's now been told and you know, now you've, you're just creating the future. It's, it's like kind of like a, just kind of trimming off, you know, you still have everything you gathered from those, those years and all the experience, everything else. But as far as the story needing to be told, it's now been done really well and you can move forward and, and start making the rest of the story, which is, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I really do feel that way. And of course now we're in this whole new world and new era of, you know, the pandemic and who knows where things are going to go from here. And, you know, we are kind of entering, everybody in the world is entering into a new era, you know, a new era of living and, yeah. and how they're good. You know, some people's lives have changed dramatically and, um, you know, and it'll be a mix. I mean, for some people, it'll be for terrible reasons. They lost a loved one or, you know, they're crippled financially. And I know like I have other friends though, who are like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I'm, you know, I'm being careful. I'm not sick. I'm, I'm getting into creative things that I never would have, or I left my job that I hated, you know, like it's, it's really kind of going to be a brave new world for everybody. So, um, and yeah, it's kind of interesting that we had this documentary kind of in, in the pipe and ready to go and our, you know, and, and it does kind of close the chapter where, just when this kind of new era will be starting whenever, whenever that is, you know, we'll we'll see. Well, man, dude, thank you so much for, for chatting about it with me. I know it was kind of a strange thing, but I want to piece these together and, and put it on the next episode of the show and try to get the word out to more people see it. And, and, uh, cause you and two have been on the podcast and our, our buddies of the show and, and, uh, you know, John and I did some stuff together with the Justin Pearson documentary and trying to push that. And, um, right. JP's a buddy. And it's just been, I just try to, to put as much out there as I can, uh, on the platform and try to help out where I can. And, and, uh, uh, I just know people like to hear it in your own voice. So 
Uh, dude, that's awesome. Thanks a lot. And I, yeah, I totally appreciate that. And it's, yeah, it's fun to talk about too. And, uh, it's just nice to talk to you too. I, I've been checking out the podcast a good bit. Um, awesome. I, I really enjoyed a, co- a couple of the interviews you've, you've done. So, um, yeah, it was fun to, you know, how it is like once you do something and you become aware of it, it's, you yeah. know, it's cool when you find something that you're like, Ooh, I'm going to listen to that now. So, yeah. <laughs> so well, rad, cool. man. Well, all right. And that was just insane from Andy flag friend of the show. Uh, been an awesome dude and, and a, an awesome partner in, in a lot of things with the show and, and with me. And so thank you to him. Thank you to John Nix from turnstile films guys. Go check out that documentary beyond barricades. It is incredible. Uh, I can't say enough. I've seen it twice. I'll probably watch it again. But uh, getting the screener early, I was able to check it out a few times and make sure it was up to par before I put it on the show. But of course, we know it all. It all is. So Anti-Flag is a great band. So thanks to them and good luck to those boys. And thank you again to Anna Hayes uh, from Vagrants for coming on the show. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed having two episodes this week. That might happen again. We may start doing the From the Vaults again, uh, trying to put some light on old episodes that someone may have missed. Surprisingly, there's people that have missed the Fat Mike episode. I don't know how it's happened. Uh, it's legendary at this point. So <laughs> that was the first from the, vault, the, from the vault. So anyways, all right, guys. Thank you so much for coming back week after week. I love each and every one of you. Go rate and subscribe to the show. Write down a review on Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever the fuck they're calling it now. And uh, yeah, as always, guys, we'll see you on the radio. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.